It's a podcast without fear. It's Cape Crisis. Whoa. With your host, Henry Gilbert. It's me. 70 sound. 60s. Come on. That's... Yeah. Or is, it, is it late 50s or early 60s? No, that was a Spider-Man cartoon. That's late 60s. Yeah. Hey, I'm Henry Gilbert. Hi. You're listening to the comic book podcast from the Laser Time Network, where we discuss hey. all the happenings in the graphic novel world. I'm H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter, Henry Gilbert. And I'm here with... yet uh, Chris Antista. Yet another duo, dynamic duo episode. That's what you should call them, dynamic duo. We ch- I think we do a good job with these. I do too, but I'd miss a third mic, and I want to say this. On the microphone, mm-hmm. we had to switch recording dates. Yes. So where we record earlier than normal and not the same people can't make it. If you have someone you'd like to appear on Cape Crisis more, hassle them on Twitter. <laughs> Don't tell them I told you to do that. You know, there's... Yeah, well... I I bet Britt might be here if he wasn't recovering yes. from the New York City Comic Con, yeah, which we will definitely be talking. Hopefully, about. he's still there. Yeah, yeah I guess not. Ended last night. I hope he's still enjoying. You got that City. publisher money, dog. You say the extra day. Ah, I see. Mm-hmm. New York City. God, I love New York City so much. You are so lucky if you got to go. And oh man, I felt bad during. Uh, I felt like a jerk during PAX with, with Brett and uh, Stephanie Palmero, I believe her name is, like who's a PR person that works with Capcom, okay. who we're friendly with. But anyway, the point is that uh, during, uh, during PAX Prime, I was tweeting a ton. Like I was kind of live tweeting this Sony Japan event that was happening from like 11 p.m. to, to 1 in the morning. And then they were tweeting at me like, thanks for live tweeting this. Like, I'm not watching it, but uh, I got to get for work tomorrow. I was like, man, don't you get tomorrow off for, you know, Labor Day? They're like, we're at PAX. And that's <laughs> on Monday. And I was like, no, sorry. And that was kind of their weekend, too. Like, they were both working at NYCC, as were many others. I wish I could. I NYCC is the next con I want to attend. It is like. my favorite, period. It's, Although well, you love New York City, I do love New York City, but also the con is not as much as a giant nightmare clusterfuck of sweat and human bodies. However, because it's cooler in New York City. Uh, that 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 too probably has a lot to do with it. I also think the the, the layout is a little better. It's not <laughs> well, just you're saying New York is a better designed city than San well, Diego. San Diego, I, I've described that Comic Con convention as the biggest room I've ever stood in. Mm-hmm. You can see the curvature of the Earth standing <laughs> in that room, <laughs> and it's still not enough space. Yeah, whereas New York is is not only like set up in like different areas and things do have like a sense of reason. Um, they have much more convention rooms and like smaller rooms mm-hmm. than Comic Con does. Uh, and for I, I, we were factoring in like video games tend to like yell their new shit in the summer, and for whatever reason, uh, comics big time is the summer. I guess. Well, that's when the crossovers happen. Yes. So yeah. it's like they're big deal. They're big deal comic panels, and I don't feel like there are many big deal comic panels in Comic Con. There are. I know there are at San Diego. Y- yeah. Well, because they have to share the space with yeah, summer movies, and, and so like, but comics still get to dominate. Um, New York Comic Con. Well, that's also because though this is changing, mm-hmm. but Marvel and DC are based in New York. Yeah, like soon everybody from DC is moving to Burbank. Like it's not going to be a split studio anymore. It'll all just be in Burbank, California. Mm-hmm. But for now, it's still based in New York, like Marvel and DC. Mm-hmm. And so it was also yeah. it, like I see a bunch of uh, like cool people we talk to online everywhere mm-hmm. else, like packs and stuff, and like I only see New York people in the New York Comic Con. <laughs> Because yeah. everything else is super far away. 
Yeah, yeah. It's uh, that's just East Coast and West Coast. I love East, I love the East Coast mm-hmm. too. It's a great place with more different weather. Mm-hmm. But I'm also I am a California. I am a California boy that was born in Arkansas. I would. That's, that's I how would, I think. I would so. leave all this behind for a nice two bedroom apartment in Manhattan. Just everything. Need to earn I would five thousand dollars a month, and you're gonna. <laughs> yep. There you go. If you think San Francisco hey, living is expensive, have the, I want to say like uh, like an eighth of the people who still live in whatever's left of Little Italy are in Tistus. <laughs> so once she can get one of their, places. I know, literally an Uncle Cosmo, um, <laughs> I, he might be in a, in a home at this point. I have no idea, but we never we're not close. New York Comic Con missed it, mm. Wah, boo hoo. But oh, what what did happen is apparently more people actually mm. went through New York Comic Con than the San oh, Diego Comic Con. Really? Yes, they sold more passes. That's impressive. Yeah, because it didn't seem like the center is that much larger, but I guess it really is. There's a lot of places to chill where there's nowhere, nowhere to to like sit down in uh, San Diego other than the, mm. the front area. Yeah, yeah. and then maybe the food court. But uh, there's the, like there's it, the Javis Center is really big, and I know a bunch of exhibitors hated it because for mm. a long time, I just heard. That uh, water would drip through the ceilings and on top of electrical equipment. That's what I heard too. And I, not good. But, uh, but the center itself was shoddy as shit. I, I no, also for New to... York, it's just a small time thing. Like San Diego Comic Con rules San Diego. Uh, it is the biggest yeah, yeah, deal yeah. of its year. But in oh, yes. Manhattan, they're just like, who cares? There are, like, I'm always dressed normally because I don't get to cosplay and I am starting to resent that. Uh, what the fuck's happening here? Oh, it's Comic Con. Where? <laughs> Javis Center. Whereas, like, there's no one in San Diego who doesn't know exactly what's happening. It's the what's only time going year on. they make money. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. That in, uh, boy, I, I want to just go to Comic Con just so I could go to the Go Go Curry that's in mm. Manhattan. I love Go Go Curry so much. Love like, Manhattan so much. I can't wait to go to Tokyo just to eat like five or six Go Go Curry lunches. Every like, time I fly in out, the same day, I had gone. I started flying out my girlfriend, and we would mm-hmm. stop working, and then just walk, literally walk around the city, not bar hop, but stop in bars. Mm-hmm. Even like, what's the worst that can happen to us in Central Park at midnight? Mm-hmm. Let's well, find as, out. As Law and Order would tell me, you'll be <laughs> murdered, or you'll find a dead body. I don't think pe- people commit murder for no reason. Here, yeah, have some money. Order. Take that's, my phone. That's just, what I like. Know, I, that's home. what I liked about walking around Manhattan. Of just like I'm on the set of Law and Order, my favorite TV show. <laughs> and if I didn't express that, I, I I'm so used to living in this little weird, uh, copless haven of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I was walking around with a beer and got pulled over on foot by a car, a cop, a car, a cop in a car wow. for drinking on the street. And I did the old Dave Chappelle white guy defense. Oh, Sorry, okay. officer. I didn't know I couldn't do that. <laughs> Boom! He wanted to give me a ticket so bad, but couldn't. And like, you can do this in San Francisco. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I know, I, I know, you, I shouldn't. But like, we this literally happens in San Francisco. Nobody stops you. Nobody like, stops they've you. Got, and, they've got more things to. do. Yeah, I'll throw this out right now. I'm sorry. Like, that is what I said. I'm sorry, officer. I will throw this out right now. I was sorry. I've lived in the east coast, the west coast, for too long. I am an east coast person. I do realize I fucked up. I'll throw this away. And like you can see the guy behind him is all hot headed and like we're gonna get his ass because I heard them yelling at me and I pretended not to for a long time. Wow, <laughs> that's a good trick. Yeah, well I've done that with I did that with security guards mm-hmm. at Comic Con this year where the, I knew 
I wasn't supposed to be walking around photographing things before the show started, but mm-hmm. I had an exhibitor badge. You pretend not to know. And so then the guy's like, hey, hey, because I knew what he was going to say. is like, hey, where's your booth? Because you're supposed to be at that. I and then when he was like, hey, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. He's like, no, hey. And he grabbed my shoulder. I've told this story before on the Maybe. podcast. Uh, but before we get into any more NYCC news talk, I would just want to take a moment to thank Darren C. Okay. Oh, who, what happened? Um, well, his profile picture on Facebook is a lovely picture with him hugging Dan Harmon while he's wearing a laser time shirt, Henry, wow. which makes it better than yours. Uh, and it has maybe gotten uh, Dan Harmon, one of my favorite human beings in the universe, uh, creative community producer on Rick and Morty, creative Sarah, Sarah Silverman program, Channel 101. Love you, Dan Harmon. Um, mm-hmm. May have gotten him to record something for us. That sounds great. I look forward to hearing that thing. Yeah, got to hang out and drink with Dan Harmon, which is seems like it'd be fun. That does. That does. If, if maybe exhausting. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we could keep up. Mm-hmm. I definitely couldn't. I I remember on the like I've the had season, two beers, this, but I haven't eaten today, and like I am kind of drunk right on now. On the season three community commentary, Dan Harmon jokes that he's like, I drank all the vodka, and he's like, at, you can hear him like you're, he's in his darkest place. He's just like. <laughs> And he just sounds kind of drunk, and like the the actors are just joking around him. They're like, "Boy, you sure have drank a lot, Dan." <laughs> it's great in a very dark way. It's great to hear. All right, so I wanted to talk about what I read. Mm. So I read all of the first volume, aka the first four issues of Southern Basket. Great, right? I loved it. It's really cool. Loved it, and especially because the opening to mm-hmm. the book, the preface. Mm-hmm. Was written by written by Jason Aaron, where he talks mm-hmm. about like the South. And this is where I'm from. He's like, this is where I'm from. I live there, though now I don't anymore, and I don't think I'll ever move back. And just his his feeling of like this is home to me. This mm-hmm. is home, and it's fucked. And it's like I love it, but I also know it's fucked, and I kind of and I never want to go back. Mm-hmm. Like, and that is that's my feeling for the South too. Like I have these feelings of just like. When I could feel like I could root for like the Razorbacks, like yeah. the, the my home team, I'm like, oh, this is this is like the home I've denied myself, and it's it's not denied myself, you mm-hmm. know, but I'm just embracing like, yeah, this is my home state. Yeah. This is what other people are proud of. Yeah. But then the I I embrace it for just a tiny bit. And you're like, eh, this, ugh, the 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 gross history of it, plus the not so far off history of it, and you meet. Relatives, you're like, yeah, you're not so you're not so open minded. Relative, <laughs> fortunate like, enough not to have a lot of that. You uh, are lucky in that way. Well, yeah, when I hear transplants. you talk about your super liberal dad, I'm just like, well, well, yeah, he's in a New York transplant. My yeah. mom's a military brat, um, so none of them are from the South. My dad grew up in Arkansas. Mm. Like, he went to one of the high schools that had to be forcibly desegregated by <laughs> oh, the National Guard. Oh, like, God. Which, when you think about that, like, hmm, you know, what? If that, that's what you grew up in. Like, how much can you grow from that point? Like, if it's you still, don't want to. It still looks like an inconvenience, right? <laughs> it, do, it does. Like, uh, a lot to change. To, to, to change, yeah. To, to change to, your outlook. To, especially to have a forcible change. I don't, I don't, yeah. I, I don't, I never recommend that. And I don't, I don't envy people who have change forced upon them. It's mm-hmm. not a good way to adopt change. But yeah, even though uh, I haven't spent, I've spent maybe like 10 whole days of my life in Alabama, like, yeah. it's like Arkansas is right next to it. It's mm-hmm. the same. It it totally is. The, the, the Alabama of Southern Bastards is very familiar to me. Like, yeah. It's just like high school football rules the town. Like, 
your pride mm-hmm. uh, and everybody knows everybody. Yep. And also that they look down on this person for like, you moved to the big city. And then when yeah. they say like, the big city, Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah, like, yes, that like was when, great. That revealed like, oh, too big for the city, a.k.a. Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> not even which is Atlanta, Which is a lovely city. Yes. It's yeah. a lovely city, but not the metropolis you think of as the big city yeah. by any means. It's probably where most of you are, most of us are from a place the size of Birmingham. But that everybody who went to the same high school still lives in the same place mm-hmm. and they all know each other yep. and they're just like, hey, I remember your daddy. Your yep. daddy said this. That That's the thing that seems insane. Like someone mm-hmm. like, I remember your daddy. Mm-hmm. And I then, didn't hate him. I didn't like him much neither. But still, like your reputation, like my reputation has never ridden on my dad's. Mm-hmm. Like ever. I guess I don't work in his industry so that helps. But like, yeah. Neither does Earl. No, but Earl that, Tubbs. He doesn't. I just love, I love Earl Tubbs. Mm-hmm. He was he, he's a cool guy, and uh, and also and, he's a and stubborn prick and boss like mm-hmm. is a boss really is cool like he's great like the <laughs> that Tony Soprano or mm-hmm. whatever like the boss of the town is the is the high school football coach who mostly just like I want to eat ribs mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, and all I care about is getting in the state. Like that's what I care about, and he gets to just run the town. And that there's just that great scene in in the fourth issue. I'm not gonna spoil a lot of stuff where he just says like, "Hey, look, I know this town. This is a good town, but like, who cares if you can just win a bunch of football games? Like, it's costing you your soul." And then somebody <laughs> throws a rock at him, and they're just like, <laughs> "No, football matters that much yes. to me. It yes. matters that much." Like, and that they're all, they're all like de facto gangsters too. Yeah. I, I I really like that about it. Like mm-hmm. that it is, it feels very true to the South. It, in, it, it, because the South mm-hmm. is very much a microcosm for high school. Yeah. Well, you don't move past high, or you're the, like, you're the fancy college Your boy. Your cast is decided that. around 12. <laughs> yes. And it's very hard to rise mm-hmm. up and it's really hard to fall down. That's that's the way I see the South anyway, and I'm from there, so don't yell at somebody. Did oh, I don't have your name, sir, but it was awesome. He told me the comic stores that do still exist in the cosmic oh, I saw in, in that. Tallahassee, I saw that, yeah. and that my favorite one, the Cosmic Cat, had been dwindling for years, and the guy had been less interested and been growing smaller. But other comic stores had risen to take its place. It's good. To so hear. Tallahassee's not without comics. Thank you so much for that comment. Really, uh, and I also finished the final volume of Fatal, which was mm. really good, and. In, it was a nice, like, concise, like, yep, the end. This is the end of the story. Really? Like, like a, yeah. a satisfying end? Yeah. It was just, it's five volumes long, over. And, and, and I guess... just moved on to their next one. We don't really have a lot of ends in the comic book universe. Yeah. Uh, well, that, it's just that Brubaker and yeah. Sean Phillips wanted to tell their story, and they told it. Yeah. And the other interesting thing is that they're going to do a new volume of Criminal. They've all yeah. but announced it. They've got back the rights to it from Marvel, like, so... Marvel has the rights to Criminal? Well, not... The rights, but mm-hmm. they could. Pu- Marvel was the publisher got of the it. book All they right. own, and now they got the publishing rights back, mm. and they're publishing it through Image. Nice. They're republishing the old issues. Nice. So yeah. So I read those. Did you read anything? Um, I finished Six Gun Gorilla, which was fucking like fucking fantastic. It was so good. It's it's great. It all takes place in the perspective of this soldier sent off to this war on this planet that may or may not produce uh, psychic energy. <laughs> but it is he's part of the volunteer program where you will instantly die and as a result the people who instantly die known as the blues who go in first with no weapons on a planet that does not allow combustion uh, for traditional weaponry so everybody fires buzz saws and rides in giant turtles again really <laughs> fucking cool that's great uh, he the blues the first ones to go they broadcast their what they're seeing uh, 
to a reality show. And wow. that's the biggest rated show in the universe is watching these soldiers go and die <laughs> in this heroic battle from their perspective. And the fact that he doesn't raises the Truman Show ratings through the roof uh, through really the help cool. of a giant gorilla who is the only one capable of firing a conventional gun. weaponry uh, on this planet wow. that regularly has something called the blaze. Like, I don't know if it's daily, but it's just like, yeah, if you're standing outside, you just die. You just die. Just get, in, get inside. Get under something. Man, that's good. It's, it's, it's excellent world building. It's, self, it's seemingly self-contained in, in a six-issue set. I thoroughly recommend Six Gunner Gorilla. I cannot thank whoever bought... God, I lost his name. Whoever bought that for me. Damn it, but you know who I'm talking. I sent you a message. I chatted you out last week. That was great. I bought Lazarus in um, the new issue of... How do you say their name? Arachnia? I think so. Uh, no, Arakaya. Uh, Fraggle Rock. Fraggle Rock. Oh, uh, one, uh, four issue run of Fraggle Rock. That's On cool. the eve of... Somewhere buried in an article about Billy Crystal was information on the what Jim Henson Company is doing. Oh. I didn't know they they they're responsible for Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. What? Which I can easily recite because I love that book. Growing up, I loved it as a kid too. Um, yeah, they they produced that movie. It's like their first film, but no puppets. Uh, just not Jim Hensony at That's all. Weird. Um, through Disney, but they mentioned a Fraggle Rock movie, a Dark Crystal sequel, a Labyrinth sequel. Oh, I remember it reading that. Quite Labyrinth. possibly. Oh, it's almost here. A movie with the Emmett Otter characters. Oh, that would be beautiful. So that's oh. what that's what the Muppet Company can't but, create now because yes. independent of Disney. Well, except for uh, Jerry Nelson's no longer with us, and well, they're he, all dead. He is Gobo, and he is no. Not that the Fraggles are all still around, barely, except for Jerry Nelson. Barely, they, but they are. They are. Dave Gold well, yeah. is still with us. Um, barely, he still he does tours all the time. He's like he was He's so here young all the time. He was so yes. young when he got here. He lives across the bridge. Well, now we're lucky that Jim Henson hired a lot of people young. Yeah, like Steve he, Whitmer's like thirty. 30 he's, something years he's old. 50. Is he 50? He's got to be. All he's right, bright look, blonde. Look that up. All right, I, I, will. I will. But, I will, but he has been doing it for like 30 years. But he was hired, I think, in his teens. Even so, if he was hired in his teens but was doing the rabbit picnic in 87, yeah, yeah. like, right, he's right. not young. He was born in 1959, which would put him around the 50 year old range. Um, 55. Like, he's 55 now, which is young. For a Muppeteer. For a Muppeteer. For a first lot. Well, he's he's really like a second gen Muppeteer anyway. Like I guess. But I like, guess if you were hired by uh, if you were hired by Henson, I mm-hmm. suppose you're first gen at this mm-hmm. point, just through graduation. Jerry Nelson was first gen. God damn it. Yeah. No, he was he was the first generation. He might be one of my favorites. I him. love Gobo and I love Emmett so very much. I love I, that their adventures can continue in comics and like some of the, the Jim Henson comics have been some of the coolest fucking comics. Yeah. The Storyteller series, the uh, Tales of Sand, um, really good that Jim Henson's unproduced. They just brought out, like, uh, the Turkey Day one, like another Jim Henson spec script. The the pre-Sesame Street uh, pilot that he wrote with uh, Jerry Joel is now a comic. Who's still alive, Jerry Joel. Is he? still alive. Wow, he's got to be up there then. Oh, yes. But, uh, hey, did you... Hmm. uh, I'll just... I'm not going to explain the whole thing, but you guys should Hmm. watch. There was a great cracked video on... Uh, explaining how the labyrinth is really all about female masturbation. Like, it, it, guy makes a really good point. Yeah, like, but they're cracked and they're good at doing that whenever they feel like making a good really, point. Like, there was a scene. Okay, here, here's their smoking mm. gun in it. Mm. She, the whole thing is her fantasy. She's mm-hmm. all dreaming about this, and that she fantasizes about sexy David Bowie. Mm-hmm. 
in she has that dancing dream sequence with David Bowie, which mm-hmm. may as well be a, like her dreaming about having sex with David Bowie. Then he's holding on to her baby. No, 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 no. When she wakes up from that dream, she is in a garbage dump holding a rotted peach. That is her after coming, mm-hmm. w- waking up like, oh, I feel all the shame. And then she looks at the rotted peach like, oh, I'm dirty now. Then tosses it away. Like, I, we're going to have to bring this up to Terry Jones. I don't know how I feel about that. I, well, I would like to hear the woman's perspective on this. But uh, I, I thought it was hey, a it's good a favor argument. with the ladies. How about that? The ladies do love it. But, yes. And, yeah. The cod piece would tie into a lot of female. Well, you just see his, like you totally just see his dick in something. You got him like get that, that in motion while Bowie Bowie is ageless, mm-hmm. just incredibly ageless. Underground, yeah, underground. All right, what happened at New York Comic Con? Oh now? boy, what a lot of things like. First off, Spider Gwen is officially yeah, a book that now. was super cool. Was it? Did we just talk about it last week? Yeah, just the them. We were joking about how they said, "Like, oh, do you want it to be a regular book? Mm-hmm. You better buy this issue then. Just don't say you want it. Buy this. It was great because it's a, it's only supposed to set up something Spider Verse, like Spider Verse, mm-hmm. which I'm significantly less excited about than anything that everything yeah. that was shown in this issue mm-hmm. of oh, the, Spider Gwen. Oh, that was one other thing I read. I read the first uh, mm-hmm. well. It's just more lead up to Spider Verse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the most re- uh, amazing Spider Man Seven, mm-hmm. which main story was a team up with Miss Marvel, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. And then part two, uh, or then the the secondary, the backup, like an eight page backup, mm-hmm. was just the Spider Hunters for Spider Verse going to different universes and murdering Spider Man. Mm-hmm. And quick spoiler warning. Uh-oh. The one universe he goes to is the Spider-Man and his amazing friends universe, and he murders Spider-Man, Firestar, and Iceman, leaving Miss Lion alive, but uh, the dog. Wow. And Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And Dan Slott got a ton of hate for doing it. Like, yeah? They, they, I think a, a lot of the fans felt he was belittling their universe mm-hmm. and like... That he also kills the off the entire universe of the spectacular Spider-Man. T- no, not spectacular Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man Unlimited TV show. Okay, where he goes into the universe of like Animal Men, mm-hmm. which is like it was a dumb show. <laughs> but so people got mad that he's like, "You ruined my childhood memories with killing off these cartoon characters." He's like, his response was just, "If the bad guys didn't kill people, then they wouldn't be bad." Yes. Like that's the story. Didn't ruin works. your childhood at yeah. worst. He ended it. And it was a cool scene. <laughs> it was a cool scene, too, where, like, Morlun is just about to murder the Spider-Man of the Amazing Friends universe. He's mm-hmm. just like, you Golly. just... He, no, he says, like, you just... You, you... And then he goes, like, Morlun says, you don't even have the words for it, do you? Your universe is too nice for that. I bet you've never seen anything like me. Wow. That's why you weren't even right. What, what issue was this in? Number seven, Amazing Seven. Amazing Seven. The last week. Okay, I think I, I think I got. I think I got it. Okay, but a couple other things. There was a new Ant Man book announced with Nick Spencer as a oh, writer. Ooh. I'm really looking forward to that. Same with uh, a new Hawkeye book. So mm-hmm. officially, I mean, we all assumed because the issues were coming out so infrequently, the Fraction uh, Hawkeye book is over. Sadly, is yeah, he's he's done. I bet they're going to keep going with it, aren't they? But they're restarting it with Jeff Lemire, so mm-hmm. another like indie spirited writer working on on Hawk Guy, but he's going to have guy. his own touch on it. So I like that Hawkeye has <laughs> now become like the uh, 
the independent book within yeah. Marvel starring like the Arrow dude. Well, like, I, that's I, told, I, read, I did read Hawkeye versus Deadpool, mm. the crossover, and it was weird to see because that Hawkeye generally doesn't react, it doesn't interact with anybody in costume uh. in the Marvel universe. A couple ladies drop by, Jessica Drew, all that. Uh, but yeah, seeing him drawn in a completely different style with characters within the Marvel universe was actually weird. <laughs> Because you're so used to the David yes. Aja style. Yes, yeah. I just want to see his fellow tenants and his pizza dog. There was also, this was a really cool thing that I actually just found out uh, about an hour ago, that the Gamora is getting her own ongoing spinoff book really? from Guardians that's going to be written by Nicole Perlman, the screen, the co-screenwriter oh, wow. for Guardians. Yeah. Like, I think that's really cool Like that they could get her. I hope, uh, who knows how long she's going to stick on the book, but mm-hmm. I think that is really awesome to get... Like, number one, to even get a screenwriter makes you go like, man, how much they pay in this person? Well, but they also have, like, a, I think they have a screenwriting farm of people. Yeah, that's true. Uh, who are on, on salary and on contract. So it's, but it's interesting to see her be, be able to branch out because, like, apparently whatever was in the Guardians of the... What we saw of Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. she really did outline, like, all of that. James, uh, James Gunn came in. Remember, he's, gonna, he's credited with bringing, like, the, the idea of the Walkman... Uh, and a bunch of other like beautiful tiny pieces of the universe, but like she did outline the story a hundred percent. Oh, and with DC stuff, they announced. Uh, so you know how popular Batman sixty six was. Now their next book, was? Wonder Woman seventy seven, aka like in the style Dude, of the Linda Carter show. That is cool. I think that is really cool. Like, yeah, I I, I really like that too. That is cool. And uh, then, oh wait, I, I was gonna, I should have spit it. Out. Uh, go ahead. No, no, no. Well, I'll just get this out really quick. So, Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. There was a funny thing where did you see the Tomorrowland trailer? Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty good. Well. George Clooney, who I bet is a bad guy in that film, but like maybe I, I bet he's going to be the secret villain who who will die he at the lo- end, so they don't have to pay for him to come back in a sequel. He looks to be controlling something behind the scenes and is too smug for he's his Andrew own good. Ryan. Mm-hmm. I am Andrew Ryan. Um, but that he he appeared at Con- in New York Comic Con to mm-hmm. promote it. He was like their surprise appearance at the end of the panel. Mm-hmm. And then when he came out, he's like, "This is my first time at Comic Con. I had been banned from them because of Batman and Robin." Mm-hmm. And he apologized for the bat nipples. He was like, please, I'm sorry about the nipples. And then I heard Joel Schumacher give a response to that, like, really? Eh. Who cares? Like, I, did, I, did you have any idea that was going to cross the line? Like, no. Yeah. What in that series had crossed the line in any way, ever? I uh, I don't think it's it's not ruinous. Like, yes. clearly it didn't ruin Batman. It's just no, it's it's like another I, aspect of I Batman. I forgot until it was even a thing, until, like, the 2000 mid 2000s the advent of the internet had kept talking about it because they never noticed it in the film and it's also it acts like like the keaton ones were perfect which they were not like oh shit if you listen to the batman returns commentary you'll hear me saying like yeah this isn't so great where's keaton coming back to do batman again in? well he's doing birdman have you seen that he is but i think they they were talking about one of the dc animated films michael keaton oh, come, might, might come back and reprise his role as batman that would be good all right but uh you know, there's some media news I want to talk about on the can flip-flop. I, can I go... Then Let me jump back to what you've been reading. Which yeah, I'll, and then I'll, we'll take a break. Which I will fucking alter. Yeah. You like that? Uh, alter into what you've been watching. There's been some big premieres. There it's, have been some huge premieres. I did not... We did not watch Walking Dead. Neither of us did. Oh, I, I will not watch Walking Dead. Nope. I, I, I love that comic so much, and I hated that show so much. And everything Two anyone's truths. ever told me... Yeah, this season's bad, and this season's bad. This one's okay, and this one's great. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to wade through 48 hours of shit 
just to get to something I'm purely enjoying in the comic in the comic universe. Yeah, that was in that you don't have to unlearn anything. Yes. Yeah. So fuck that. Yes, fuck that. Uh, but I was I was receptive to the Flash. And uh, Anna and Tyler were watching it, and I caught the very end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Where it has a flash forward to even like his crisis death, right? Uh, not in that episode. It was, like I, I maybe it was like post credits, but I saw the I saw him meet up with spoiler, I guess, but it's free everywhere. You can watch it um, with Arrow. That was in like trailers for it. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Good. Uh, but remember, I said like out of all the DC characters. Flash is the one I have the biggest connection with and want to see on camera. And I mm-hmm. said, uh, the only thing keeping him from being a fantastic, like Flash, a movie star, is to somehow figure out a cool way to present his movement. Mm-hmm. And oh boy, Days of Future Past had a very good way of presenting yeah. someone like Flash's movement. And you can't do that every scene, it won't be interesting. You also can't, yeah, that's can't why really... he's so limited in Days of Future yeah, Past. You can't do that again. And, uh, and, and were, on a TV show budget, that's really yeah. hard. There were a couple moments where the camera pulled back and Flash is being flashed. And I'm like, that counts. Mm-hmm. And then there were tighter shots. And I'm like, that's embarrassing. <laughs> and there, it, it did, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to slam it because I, I, people had recommended like it's not bad. And it, it, is, it was not bad. It's just like it reeks. I don't watch a lot of CW shows. And mm-hmm. whenever I see them, there's like this super cheap quality that I see of like, yeah, the television shows I watch aren't framed this horribly, and like actually give a shit about scene or whatever. Like they're they're filmed a little better. Mm-hmm. And Flash is, it's just evident of like a CW show. It was a little unnerving that everybody in it. It's something I need to confront, not you people. That superhero universes from here on out, I guess, will just be younger than me. Uh, <laughs> that- but. That's what's going to happen. It's it's bound to happen, but it's still like, man, these are all teenagers. Like they're, <laughs> they're all teenagers. These these this universe was populated by accomplished people with doctorates, who are <laughs> who are at least around my age. And no, I know what you mean, but that is that's the reality. It's just I, the I don't I don't disagree, but the, but just like if you watch if you were to watch a uh, a sexy teen uh, a teen sex romp now, mm-hmm. you just feel old. You'd mm-hmm. be like like. That's how I sort of felt the first time I felt that was like watching Superbad. Like when there was really? like when the sex scene between Michael Sarah and the girl in that, I was like, You're both so young. Like it was, just feels weird. Like, yeah, unless you lived it. It was eh, I guess it, so. It's that that awkwardness of the first time. Jesus Christ. Like now I get even like slightly scared to hear a cat like knock over a trash can six blocks away and my erection deflates like a fucking cartoon balloon. Didn't you also watch Gotham? I did watch. I watched the first episode of Gotham. Um, I didn't love it, but I mean, I don't think I made the criticism. Did I say this on the show already? I don't remember. Uh, it's sorta. I think you did, but did just I? of like waiting for stuff to ha- or wait, like, or just that everybody's older than Bruce. Wasn't that one? No, of your I mean, I don't really. I, I said that about like the trailer. That the idea that like I didn't feel comfortable having Jim Gordon being this fucking Uatu person who's close to every single origin in the mm. in Batman's universe which they didn't really care about shying away from well that was a problem in Smallville that mm. uh, which the last episode of Smallville was ridiculous mm. because they spend seven years basically having like Lex Luthor there for the origin of Superman yeah. in every spot and like the longer it went you're just like 
Okay, maybe in the first year, if yeah. Lex Luthor was witness to those things, he maybe wouldn't realize Superman is Clark Kent. Why wouldn't but he... after he's around for six years of that, he'd go like, yeah, you're Clark, Clark Kent Superman. Yeah. So the way they fixed that in the final episode of Smallville was they just erased his memory in his first scene. And in the last, in the last scene Lex Luthor what? is in, his sister who dies because she's not in the movies, they're like, she dies, but with her death... She infects him with a mind-erasing bug that erased all of his Smallville years. Wow, that's convenient. Yep, it was awful. That's convenient. Uh, I mean, and and the modern Superman origin stories have read like Secret Origin and all that stuff. And uh, the Lex is around. He's in Smallville, but it they even like can't remember one another when they see each other again because their time together was that brief. Uh, But not not. But the Gotham was more um, because I I can't. Jim Gordon is a visual metaphor you shouldn't want to be Batman and you shouldn't want to be the Joker because the creamy center is Jim Gordon the guy trying to do exactly what's right and has the tools to do it and he doesn't compromise and yeah. the, that that character in Gotham is is there it's really cool that's cool I, the, I think the joke I made is like I can't wait for the season finale when he grows a mustache <laughs> that's that's what's gonna happen but it was it was more that like that first episode, and I know we're late on this, people. I want to check out maybe a... I don't know. I, I, I didn't, There's a few more in there. I just don't see myself loving it that much. To, to like The first episode is like, Nigma, Poison Ivy is a baby, Catwoman, Bruce Wayne's parents are dead, whoever the fuck that black lady is. Um, <laughs> the penguin is there. And they're all, they're all in this... They all know one another. Yeah. And I, I remember how excited I would be on like, even the stupid Batman... Adam West show when like all the villains would appear together it's like mm-hmm. they couldn't really get along and they clearly didn't know one another and it's special that they're in the same room because they don't all share the same uh, roots yeah that I I feel like I repeat myself so many right. times on here but I'll, I like on the Venture Brothers that, mm-hmm. and in, when, in the first season when Hank Venture finds out that his dad went to the same school as Baron Underbite mm-hmm. and the Monarch yes. and these other people they, then Hank goes like, "You all went to school together. What what college was this? Super crazy, no way school." <laughs> it, uh, I, but so I said so I criticized it on Twitter, and Ringslinger rightly got back and said, "Well, the pilot wasn't for you. It was to introduce people who don't know Batman very well and don't know people in the Batverse very well. And here's why they'll they will all be here, and they'll all be here in younger forms." Yeah, and as I don't even know, if, like, I get that. I don't I don't think they had a cheesy Riddler line. But if they did, I probably would turn it off. He's just Nigma, you know, uh-huh. uh, Edward Nigma. Uh, but the Penguin is clearly the Penguin, and everybody else is clearly who they are. Uh, but I w- I'll check it out. It's just like I've heard the later episodes are worse. It, I think that's the problem. When everybody you go to, front ends it with the pilot. Like, you, well, the, it's the not pilot's just the best, and then like that's how it was with Agents of Shield. Like pilot was re- it was good. It was all right. It's just but it's, it's, then it kind of loses itself. Agents for of a few Shield ha- gets to take place against the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is something that'll be ongoing. Uh, ongoing and continuous and constantly in flux and it'll reflect both in, in hopefully good ways and I'm saying that for someone who didn't like the first couple episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Gotham can't ever show you Batman ever ever it if, ends with Batman if, like, if the show is on years. for 30 years like you will years. you will not be able to see a Bruce Wayne of any kind and, like I, it has to remain what it is and what it is it's just I don't know if it's that interesting 
No. I don't. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and hopefully will be more interesting when we come back. What? That wasn't interesting? No, we're going to talk. You were just talking about things not being interesting. Oh, so. okay. Anyway, we'll be more interesting than Gotham when we come back when we discuss your answer to the question of the week. We'll have a superhero spotlight and also some big, big breaking uh, for us today, film news. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the break for this episode. See how much energy I have when I don't have a cold? Pretty fun, huh? Um, so, you know, uh, this is the break, and we always appreciate... This is when I say how much I appreciate you guys, and I really do. It's when I, like, sloppily say in, in quick words how much I appreciate you guys. And I really, 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 really do. But if you'd like to show uh, appreciation for Laser Time and really would like to help us out... Give us a couple bucks. There's a really, a really cool way that you can do that right now, and it's in the theme of this scary month of October. We'll mention it later, so forgive me for doing it twice, but seriously, the premium commentary tracks we're doing on the show, uh, on the Laser Time Network right now. So, uh, we did our own original commentary tracks, me, Chris Antista, with also regular Cape Crisis guests, Brett Elston and Dave Rudden. We talk about, uh, we talk over the films of, uh, Friday the 13th Part 5, uh, Freddy, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, and Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. You can, these are the oddball films, but totally worth watching, like, of these things, and you can watch them with us. Like, we joke around. Like, we have a lot of fun. Like, honestly, I think we did some really good work there. I love what... Uh, I really loved what we did on Freddy's Revenge. Like, I had a great time on that. And you can listen to that and just watch along with your own copy of the movie. Just sync it up by giving... If you give from one penny to four ninety nine through PayPal, you will get the Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth commentary track. If you pay five dollars or more, you will get those and the Halloween Part Three uh, season of the Witch one as well. They're all really good. I promise you guys, really great stuff. There's the instructions on LaserTimePodcast.com. This is good up until the end of October, so please, please, guys, check it out. Uh, on top of that. There's a bunch of other really cool stuff uh, you can uh, you can see on the site. You can just give us uh, you can buy a T-shirt from the T-shirt store. You can buy something off Amazon uh, from our suggestions, which are on the right side of the screen at LaserTimePodcast.com. Buy anything through that link, and a little bit of money comes our way. It really does help keep the wheels turning at LaserTime Podcast uh, Network. Also, review us on iTunes. Always appreciated. And now it's time for the Hangs Corner. Pick of the week. You know, we talk about it a ton later on, and just in case you never read it before, it really does. It is a great read still. The original Civil War collection, the first seven, the entire seven issue Civil War storyline, is so very good. It holds up so well. Great writing, great pacing, great art, like, and it, it really is like. It, it crystallizes a time in American culture, like one that's night has changed some in, you know, the near decade that it's been since that uh, Civil War storyline was done, but it is still like a fresh feeling storyline. Like it is really great to read. And given where the Marvel Universe uh, cinematic universe seems to be going, 
might be required reading soon. So you definitely want to check it out. There'll be a link to, to buy that on Amazon and along with some other comics suggestions from us on the page for this episode on lasertimepodcast.com. So please, please check that out. And now back to the rest of the show. To episode 112 ah. of Cave Crisis. Welcome back. Vapor pens cut on a mic cord. Hi. Uh, it's an emergency. It's a vape emergency. Yeah. It would have been bad. Um, boy, so the, the big news that just broke, like big post New York Comic Con, was that Robert Downey Jr. might will be like co starring mm-hmm. in Cat. This is a report from Variety mm-hmm. that he is going to be paid big bucks to co star in Captain America 3 That'd be crazy. as a setup for Civil War. And like that's going to be the we big thing. We mentioned that last week that like that's may- phase three. Maybe Infinity Civil Gauntlet War. wasn't what we thought it was going to be it wasn't that's wasn't the farther down the line yeah but which, phase three is going to be civil i War. said that i think that there's the, the marvel universe is too rich with things occurring in this universe mm-hmm. to instantly jump to infinity gauntlet yeah i mean civil war i can't think of a conflict bigger thing before you go to that maybe like, well no infinity gauntlet is the end and mm-hmm. they also they need to build up I think now that they see that guardians of the galaxy mm-hmm. could be its own trilogy before yeah. they do the infinity gauntlet mm-hmm. then they can they can wait well, meanwhile, Civil War, especially if mm-hmm. uh, Chris Evans isn't going to be Cap anymore after the last Civil War film, and as we know what happens to Captain yeah. America at the end of Civil War, bada bing, bada boom. Well, wasn't the end of Civil War like the end of Winter Soldier? It happens concurrently. Mm. He loses in Civil War and is under arrest, and that is when he is shot. I I moved, I know Brubaker did it before that. I'd, I think I had to explain to someone like, People like Captain America now. It's like, weird. Oh, here's why. It, it's all Brubaker. Yeah, and well, I, I, I do think Civil War defined that aspect of his personality. No, he, he still is a cornball patriotic icon, but he doesn't constantly side with the U.S. And, he doesn't and, act like your grandpa. Yes, and, he's and not. the Civil War was his decision in Civil War was like the most Captain America thing Captain America could do to prove that Captain America is awesome. Yeah, and it was really cool, and that and that. It was you were seeing shades of Civil War Captain America in mm-hmm. Captain America too, like yeah. in Winter Soldier. Yes, like you were yes. seeing that. This you is freedom. Seeing, this is fear. Yeah, exactly. And him fighting against Shield there, like him resisting Shield, like mm-hmm. really that fight in the elevator mm-hmm. was like that's like a Civil War scene. Does like, anybody want to get out? Yeah. It, so I'm really I'm looking forward to that future of like the heroes fighting each other. Like that is it's exciting a, to me. It would make sense where that Hulkbuster. Uh, Came and that from. Avengers, so that then this then ties into that Avengers three would be mm-hmm. the a movie that is not the big team up again, but actually just Iron Man being in charge of a new team of Avengers, mm-hmm. and that then all the real Avengers come together for a a mega movie, which is would be Civil War for real, mm-hmm. and that if they could get Spider Man in that, when you hear about talks to Sony, you hope that's what they mean. That would be so awesome. Yeah, oh, that would be so great. But he was the, was he the first person unmasked publicly? Um, he was the big deal. He yeah. was the one that Tony used as his pawn of like, you're gonna unmask, do it for me. Like, and then and then he defects from. 
And it defects the next issue. If you don't know what Civil War is, Civil War is a Tony Stark-led shield. Uh, 9-11, the comic book. 9-11, the comic book. You're either with us or against us. Register your identities. With the government. With trust the government, the government or don't trust the government. Or you are against us and we will hunt you down. Whose side are you on? Like, it was a really cool thing it was to an, talk. It, I, I understand it both is like sides. The best. It, it was, the, the, I think Cap was saying, like, it's not about protecting my identity. It's about protecting the identity of everybody I know about. If they, mm-hmm. people know who I am, they can get to everyone I care about. Mm-hmm. Though then in the real world, you would say to yourself, like, it's nobody's right to mm-hmm. to, uh, be, a vigilante. To, to be a vigilante yeah. and to have, like, no, like, to, to be unaccountable for anything. And that's what makes it so compelling to read because mm-hmm. the book is right about that. that from was where I, I come from, it's like, but you have already sanctioned all these superheroes to do things for you for years. And they do operate in some weird legality in They're, a S.H.I.E.L.D.-controlled government. I also liked that, like, Mark Miller, who is a pretty, like, liberal dude, he's mm-hmm. the guy who wrote the book. And and a lot of people, when they were doing their tie-ins, they were making Cap the obvious good guy. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Cap's right, and Iron Man is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. But then... Mark Miller was like, no, I see it from Iron Man's side. Like, Iron Man is trying, like, Iron Man had all these great scenes where he's just like, they want, like, Iron Man was just yelling at his friends, like, they want to just arrest all of you. Like, I'm doing this to prevent this. Like, Mm -hmm. my way is the compromise that will save lives. Like, they just want to outlaw all of you people. No, come out, guys, and we'll protect one another. It's like, I will run this business because I'll be the guy in charge of your secret identities because you can trust me. Like, I'm mm -hmm. putting myself on the line by being the guy in charge. It's interesting in, in terms of, like, I'd really like to see Robert Downey Jr. do that with Iron Man. It would give him a lot of great stuff to do, yes. and I bet I, I wonder if that excites him as an actor. Yeah, like uh, for an actor, you need to be because it doesn't. It's not a lot of you. Instead of just being yeah, the like, hero, it's not a lot of unibeams like, in that role. It's a yeah. lot of shit behind a shield desk and a lot of talking. And and you having to adopt the position of a de facto villain because it's uh, that's the rule. If you go up against Captain America, you're the villain. You're the bad guy. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm really excited about that. Uh, but all right, so we were talking about the Flash, who now stars in his own TV series. I love, I, I did love the new Fifty Two version of Flash. I really did. Barry Allen. Yeah, movie. yeah. Well, and uh, you guys should read. Uh, I believe it's Playboy is paying for. Uh, huh? Mark Wade is doing. Mark Wade, the like one of the best Flash writers ever. Yeah, is doing. Uh, he's writing synopsis of every episode for 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 Playboy. Playboy. This is a the thing they do now that like wow. all these websites instead of paying for like anybody to do a synopsis they mm-hmm. they just pay for named people or big time comedians to do funny synopsis of synopses of famous shows and big shows and and what i like that curtis yeah you what i liked about mark wades was that he he was mostly positive about mm-hmm. it but he did kind of crap on the new barry allen origin which is that his mom gets murdered and because like his parents had Didn't lived normally Mm. Uh, but then about five years ago four or five years ago jeff johns added his mother's murder to it Mm -hmm. and as mark wade said it he he put it it's like because apparently no uh or that barry allen's origin wasn't complete without a little batman added to it like yeah your parents got to be murdered like really does does everyone's parents have to be murdered like that that, that's actually what bothered me about the flash first flash episode because the green arrow appears and then he jumps off a building in a very batman way with all batman music Mm -hmm. with a very batman shot 
and says a very Batman thing. <laughs> That's the troubling thing to most people of the DC world now that they just are like, they saw that Batman works, so they just kind of make everybody Batman to one degree or another. So Green Arrow is swinging around the city. Yeah, though Green Arrow did start it at did begin as a Batman ripoff in the mm. comics. Like the only thing that made him different, he, like he had a, the Arrow car, and an, I think he had an Arrow cave mm. and a sidekick. He was just Batman with arrows. He was a rich guy. Uh, only when he lost all his money in the 70s and became a bleeding heart liberal was when he finally stopped being a Batman ripoff. Mm-hmm. But but this isn't... All right, superhero spotlight. Oh, it took me off guard. And I don't know if I have it. Select your hero. The superhero spotlight is for The Flash, a.k.a. Barry Allen The Flash, the Barry. second Flash, the Silver Age Flash, who first appeared in Showcase number 4, October 1956, which is seen by many as the start of the Silver Age. Though Marvel fanboys like me mm-hmm. see the start of the Silver Age as Fantastic Four number one in 1961. Sure. But, uh, you know... But that's what, be- what has happened to Wally West at this point? Wally doesn't exist. Doesn't like, exist. Jay Garrick was the first Flash mm-hmm. of the 40s, a member of the I Justice was, okay. Society. I was... He disappeared during, uh, after the, uh, you know, seduction of the innocent books that made comic books evil. Mm. Then when they rebooted, uh, they rebooted uh, a lot of the old concepts like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman were Mm -hmm. still in their same books. Like they never stopped being published because they were very popular. Mm -hmm. They were relatively popular. But Flash, Green Lantern, and all the others stopped. Mm -hmm. So then in 56, uh, Robert Kinger, John Broom, and Carmen Infantino... They decided they were going to reboot it under the also the direction of editor Julie Schwartz. Mm. They were going to reboot The Flash, just do a new concept, The Flash. Mm. and But it was going to be way science-y. And, and he's they, not going to be any more like Air Raid Warden. Uh, no, he, and he was also, <laughs> he wasn't going to be just like, I'm a guy who runs fast. Mm-hmm. The, it'll be a guy who knows science mm-hmm. and will like... Talk I'm about science fiction things like... Vibrate my molecules so I fast the, I can yeah. bend around things. They don't make total sense, and mm-hmm. they're outdated science I, now, But I but love the science of the Flash. Yeah. He's capable of so much more than just moving at quick speeds. And that's because, like, his job was... He was a police scientist, mm-hmm. which is... Like, he was CSI 50 years huh. before CSI was cool. Like, that mm-hmm. was his job. And, yeah, first he appeared in Showcase 4... The reboot, the recreation, like he is seen as the rebirth of the DC Universe. He is the beginning of the multiverse. Like everybody talks up Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, but Flash is where the multiverse began. And a lot of people see him as like the real spirit of DC because Hmm. like the Barry Allen, especially because Barry Allen started the Silver Age. Then he has seen his death is seen as the end of the Bronze Age in the 80s. Yeah. And then he just came back as a new age. And then he was also central in the Flashpoint books for the New 52. So Mm -hmm. Barry Allen is seen as a big deal, though he was also always seen as boring. Like, that was his thing. He was just a boring blonde dude who was like... But Barry, not Flash, is boring. Barry Allen, Mm -hmm. the Flash, was boring. Like, he he was known as the boring guy, like, uh, who would play off against his more interesting friends like Hal Jordan Mm -hmm. and and Oliver Queen. Like, meanwhile, Barry was just a boring dude. Like, he... that His thing was that he was always late and that he was, like, (laughs) married to Uh, Irish West. He was was married to Iris West. His sidekick was Wally West, Kid Mm -hmm. Flash, Mm -hmm. like, who would eventually become the Flash in a really cool second generation thing which has now been undone but uh 
But I, do, yeah. I think I bought Flash Rebirth, and I haven't read it yet. But yeah, so he was from '56 to 1985. Mm-hmm. Barry Allen was core to the DC universe, and his death was seen as this major turning. Was point. that in one of the crises? He was the last. He was the last big death. Big death of a crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm-hmm. Like he he dies saving the universe. Yeah. And, as Marv Wolfman, like, who killed him, like, I actually asked him this once in an interview. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you were known as the guy who killed the Flash, but now they brought back Barry, so did you feel better? He's like, eh, I was known as the guy who killed Supergirl, not the guy who killed the Flash. <laughs> like, I was like, eh, I it's a more were... famous cover, but I, I still have seen that panel of, like, the Flash... Mm-hmm. Dying and be- becoming one with the Speed Force, or just sort of uh, yeah, sort. Well, he, he, he didn't have a definitive in, death in Crisis. No, in Crisis Infinite Earth is a very definitive death. He is runs it? himself to death, like, yeah. into bones. Like he runs as fast as he can to break the in, the the Anti Monitor. Oh uh, no, that's what I was reading it as because he. <coughs> it seemed like the the Speed Force consumed him, and then he. Re- that's how Mark Wade rewrote it, and he re- he but he reappeared in a joke in a Marvel comic. Yes, yeah, which they then, as, as a result of his death. Yeah, but the, in in reality, yes, he he joined the Speed Force. The Speed Force didn't even exist as a story point mm-hmm. when he died. Like that was a Mark Wade invention. We want to just gloss over the fact that it's it's one of the weird crossovers that he was in a Marvel comic. Technic, very uh, technically, he was the same writer. Yeah, very technically, but yeah, he sort of was. At, well, th- this has happened a few times. Like yeah. Uh, uh, John Byrne did it where he had this mm-hmm. really like sly reference that the Impossible Man, the green like pixie dude that annoys the mm-hmm. the Fantastic Four, like he did a very like sly implication. Like he's Mister Mixil Pitlick also. Like they're just two versions of the same guy. He just goes between universes and acts like <laughs> Impossible Man in one and Mix- Mixil Pitlick. But in the there's other a one. guy who appears in a Marvel comic dressed like the old Flash with a beard who doesn't remember who he is, but mm-hmm. the last thing he remembers is the end of. Uh, in, infinite. Well, as Marv Wolfman talked about it, he said his out for Barry was just mm-hmm. that Barry was existing at all times, and so like while he technically runs himself to death, before that he could just live for like thirty years and mm-hmm. then meet up with the Flash, and like that's how there were a couple cop out things like that in in Johns's run on it, where mm-hmm. like Wally West was doing stuff, and then Barry just showed up and was like. Oh hey, I could time travel three times, and I have to tell you something. So hey, how's it going? <laughs> like, and and then he just kind of ran out of the speed. Like he he became one with the Speed Force during mm-hmm. that run, and then came back out of it when he was needed mm-hmm. to save the world from Darkseid. But but anyway, like his abilities came from technically the Speed Force meeting with him when a bunch of chemicals were doused on him, which the chemicals part is kept in mm-hmm. in the books. And that, uh, yeah, crime scene investigator married to Iris West, who is a news reporter, and that he, like, then lived in the future for, like, a while, which is really silly. Like, Barry Allen's, that's why they needed to reboot the universe, because it really was, like, Barry Allen, they tried to bring him back without rebooting the universe, and none of it made sense. And they're just like, hey, here's Barry Allen, but he's also living in the 23rd century, but this is him after that. Mm-hmm. And also he was married to this lady and also, and you're just like, boy, this is confusing. Mm-hmm. And especially when like Barry always seemed more boring to me than Wally. Like Wally's more interesting to me mm-hmm. though. Mark Wade, who was the best Wally writer mm-hmm. also did a great Barry Allen series. Like mm-hmm. everybody should look up uh, the six issue miniseries by Mark Wade called Brave and the Bold. Mm-hmm. Which is just a series of Hal Jordan and Barry Allen team up flashback books that 
were done when Hal Jordan and Barry were both dead. And so, like, this is just Wade showing, like, these guys could were interesting. Like, don't think they're uninteresting. Like, mm-hmm. here, look, they're really cool. And Barry being boring was part of his interesting character trait. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, it's really good. Look it up. But okay. so Barry now, they've tried to make him more interesting. They've given him a little bit of Wally's personality, I would say. Wow. Well, meanwhile, Wally is like nothing. Mm-hmm. Now. Like, well, he's basically been rebooted. The redheaded Wally of our youth is gone. Like, mm-hmm. he's, he's now been recast as, I believe, an African American uh, young kid who's going to be his sidekick again. Which, eh, you know, I'm not going to be that upset about it. Like, All right. Hold your deck. I will miss Wall. I miss Wally, the Wally of my youth. But eh, he's his books still are out there. He's like Pixar I, made a great movie with him. <laughs> had so to, anyway, I had to do it. So that's Barry, and Barry is the Flash. For they brought him back to be the Flash, just like Hal is the Green Lantern. The in the nineties, you know, they had all these second generation heroes. Mm-hmm. That was their big deal. But now they're now DC. In the mid two thousands, made a decision like, nope, we're going back to the the Silver Age guys are the guys like. They didn't, you know, Marvel didn't permanently replace Spider-Man. They don't permanently replace Captain America. Mm-hmm. They keep them as the names because that's what the world knows them. They're not going to recast them. And mm-hmm. so that's how they they feel with Green Lantern and, and The Flash now, too. So It's interesting. Took yeah. them a while to settle upon that. It'll be weird if there are two Flashes. Like, there's TV Flash and movie Flash. Well, they already showed Professor Zoom in the show. Yeah, and yeah, but if they have a movie Flash oh, in the saying. Justice League universe, like, that'll be weird. That was the one that was the uh, the wild card. The, the, it would be a Flash and Green Lantern team-up thing. Yeah. Um, which would, would make sense if those things were still in the air to team up in a movie together. Mm-hmm. That's like the fucking 70s now. <laughs> it is. Jetsons yeah. meet the Flintstones. That would be cool. Let's do this. All right, so that's the superhero spotlight. Select your hero. Ah, all right, so now it's time for last week's answers to the question of the week. Uh, what, Take it, Hank. I'll what be the right hell back. was that? Okay, it was uh, horror comics. Uh, horror, horror, comics. horror comics. And thanks that to all you guys, as usual, for your great responses. I appreciate all of them. And the first one was the usual first responder. Aimbot Master, who is uh, he? Predi- he says Clive Barker's Tapping the Vein series, based on his other short stories from the Books of Blood collection, and uh, he has a link to it in there. I, I'm interested to read Clive Barker. Like I've only seen the Clive Barker movies. I've never read a Clive Barker comic or book. Like so, I remember he was a big deal in the '80s. Like you got to or the '90s and '80s that you got to see his name on stuff. Like it's Clive Barker's Hellraiser. Clive Barker's Candyman, Clive Barker's like he was, he he made a name for himself. He was the meant something. He was the Sid Meier of his time. Clive Barker's Lords of Illusion, and uh, obviously a douche says Scott Snyder's uh, Severed is pretty cool horror book, and uh, though and even though it's only one issue, Witches is fantastic, which we also were told was very yeah, good yeah. by one Anne who had vaguely promised to be on the show next week. So badger her on Twitter too. <laughs> Uh, Cody Stovall also says witches. What's in this cookie, Hank? I'm good. Uh, if and he says if anime is your game, I suggest some scary ones like Shiki, Le Portrait Petit Cosette. Not what I asked for. Attack of Titan, Attack on Titan, of Love course. It. Future Diary, and finally any hentai with a tentacle monster. <laughs> That's a little too scary for me. <laughs> it's um, pretty gross, unmasturbatable. 
Uh, not for everybody. Moan for Stallone says, I'm only two issues into George Romero's Empire of the Dead comic, but I am really liking it so far, minus its underwhelming art design. My all-time favorite horror comic, though, would have to be Preacher, but no need to recommend it to you guys. I actually have not read it. You should really read Preacher. Like, it's it's very 90s, though. I think you'd love it. I meant to, because I remember like, reading about it when it, like, it, it was the, one of the first comics to be rumored to be optioned for television. It was HBO. A long and time And so I, I read a lot about it. It totally should be an HBO show. Like, it, now it could just be, like, if it was set in the 90s, like, that would be Isn't another it, like interesting Seth Rogen thing and Evan Goldberg? Yeah, are they were going to do it. Doing something with it? They totally should, and it needs to be set in the 90s, because it's a very 90s thing. Mm. Like, it... Uh, it does not exist in a September 11 Speaking world. Speaking of which, laser time this week. Very nice. Uh, Triskitable says, uh, Motherfucking Uzumaki. Like, again, one, one of Carolyn's favorites. Yeah, she let me borrow that, like, about almost two years ago, and I have not read it yet. Tisk, tisk. Tisk, tisk, I know. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Slain Puddle, who points out that his name is a takeoff of Deadpool, which is ah! Slain Puddle, <laughs> Deadpool. Holy shit. Slain Puddle Deadpool. I get it. Wait, that sounds like a mocking you. That's actually very clever. I never got it. Before. No, that was really good. Mm-hmm. I had mispronounced it Stain Puddle, so sorry. Not me. Uh, but he says he'd like a spinoff of Fatal instead focused on the noir aspect of the universe. I'd like that too. Uh, and uh, Hitler Me This Batman also <laughs> says anything by Junji Ito, but he also says... Specifics. Charles Burns' Black Hole, which... Uh, I pointed out to you at the comic shop hmm. was the book read by the uh, teen and the orangutan in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Really? Yeah. Uh, I'm reading this. It's totally, it's a, it's a great, great like indie horror book. Uh, and he also says John dies at the end, uh, these book books. John hmm. dies at the end and this book is full of spiders, both by David Wong, hmm. which uh, I've heard very good things John about. John the Homicidal Mania count as a horror book? I think so. It's really good. Uh, Super Fighting Robot also says Severed. Mega Man! Uh, John Wahizzle brings up another Scott Snyder book, who's apparently the king of horror. He brings up The Wake. The Wake, yeah. I was actually talking to John about that at some point, I think, because I, I did read the first two issues. I thought it was gorgeous, mm-hmm. and it reminded me of The Abyss. Uh, uh, Roswellian, uh, no, sorry, Roswellianism mm-hmm. says Afterlife with Archie, and Got also it. The Goon. The Goon can be considered as a horror comic? Oh, it's a horror I comic. I haven't read it's it. It's action, but it's a yeah. horror comic. Like, uh, And I'm going to read the last one here, which is Bank... Uh, sorry. Ba- Baka... Oh, Baka is Dumb One. Uh, it says, has some manga. He says Berserk and Ricky O, which is... Uh, Ricky O is famous. The the Chinese film based on Ricky O is the, the story of Ricky O. Yeah, the, the scene great. of the head exploding. The Daily Show on, Five Questions. The, yeah, that, if you remember the Daily Show wow, Five Questions shouldn't. from nineteen ninety nine. Seven. Well, if, if he was doing it to ninety nine. To ninety nine, yeah. Uh, if you fucking remember that shit, like you're old man. Like, did you? I I point this out to you guys. Mm. The comments. Uh, that uh, uh, that Key and Peele Family Matters sketch mm-hmm. makes me feel so old. Like really? it is just, it's all these kids saying like, "What's Family Matters?" Like, what is this thing? Really? Like, how yes. Do you, how do you avoided Family Matters? It because made it, it went off the air fifteen. It years doesn't ago. matter. That shit lives on in syndication for fucking years and years and years. Kids don't watch syndication. I guess. Yes. <laughs> Maybe in, they don't grow up in our I'll world, Chris. I know. I know. <sighs> 
<laughs> medium changed, man. It changed on us. We would have been fine 20 mm. years ago. Uh, so, yeah. So, there we go. Those are the answers mm. to the question of the week. You know, now, this week's question of the week, I had one that I'm going to go with, uh, which is, what is your, like, uh, we talked a ton about New York City. Mm-hmm. You know, from seeing it in the in in comic books for years and years, whether in like Marvel's New York City or in the fake New York City of like Gotham or Metropolis, like what is a New York you know landmark that you got to know through comic books huh. that you then wanted to visit in real life or see? Like that made when I walked around Manhattan, I was mm-hmm. like, "This is New York City. Like this is the new this is the the Marvel comics I have lived through." Or same with like when I hear. Comedian Julie Klausner mm-hmm. on her podcast mentioned Westchester, like growing up in Westchester. Mm-hmm. And I go like, oh, yeah, that's where uh, Professor Xavier's school is. Like, yeah. I think that's just P.A. Or that like Soho is where is is where uh, Greenwich Village is where the, Doctor Strange lives. Like Doctor Strange literally has an address in Greenwich Village. Yeah. You can visit. Like, the second the last time I was in New York, the second to last time, we just ended up walking and we ended up in Hell's Kitchen. Wow. And it was very interesting because the books still adopt a very old perception. To this day, mm. adopt an old perception of Hell's Kitchen because we were walking through there at Midnight, one in the morning. Not once did I require the services of the man without fear. <laughs> that it, is so funny. It, it yeah. is not. It is not a little burrow. It's not scary. Um, and and even like I was at, at the time, I was reading um, Punisher Max, and Frank Frank Castle was in that version of Hell's Kitchen. It, it was like oh, nightclubs open late and security everywhere, <laughs> and like it was it was not. Uh, you, know, you know, we didn't even talk about it. Yeah, the, oh, the, the Daredevil, Daredevil the Daredevil. Uh, I heard that was great, and what I heard from people who wrote it up, I'm like, you'll see why this is different from Flash. And mm-hmm. no offense to Arrow and Flash, but they do look like low budget uh, CW shows. They're played on a level, and Netflix is going for a higher level than that. Yeah, I think. Like. Well, I, but there was also the Powers trailer. Like, yeah, the Powers that. trailer, which I, I think I pulled it up. It's very different from I did, the Powers book. Not I how I remember the Powers book being this, like... No, and no. I, I didn't think it was an amazing trailer for Sony to lead I with. Fly. I was a hero. Yeah, number one, like, pause that. That's not the voice of Christian that I heard in my head Not at all. Not, never heard not, that. Never, never, never. And it, like, I didn't see, like, Christian's bitterness over losing... Number one, like, Christian having powers is like mm-hmm. a 12th issue reveal in mm-hmm. the book, like... And that he's bitter about it, it, that he's bitter about him used to having, once having powers, like, Mm -hmm. is underneath everything. But in this thing, he's like, I used to have powers. Fuck you, I don't now. Now I gotta cover, I gotta help him. But that, so it it feels different from the comics, but Mm -hmm. not bad. But uh, play a little more. Play a little more. Then I lost my powers. So they gave me a badge. He says powers. What the fuck am I supposed to do with that? That's, I like that Sony, the PlayStation yeah. Network, is like, yeah, we're going all in. Like this, this is, is the first trailer, and it's like, what the fuck, boys, fuck this, dude. fuck this, yeah. like, fuck, like so many fuck, because they're like, hey, this is this is like our House of Cards or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like we're this is M rated, like M rated, fancy stuff based on a comic book. Just it like also, it also scares me. It has the PlayStation logo and it, like this language and cadence and style reeks of an FMV cutscene. Yeah, I, I wonder how cheap or not it will look. Their biggest star in it is yeah, Eddie but, Izzard. But, like, with the, with the advent of the M rating maybe 20 years ago, 
the language used in that was so fucking unrealistic. You see how I just used fucking in there? Like, uh, it wasn't anything but, like... The, every intro and cutscene to games are so fucking stupid, especially when they're their gangster stuff. And I'm hearing a little bit of that here. I hope it doesn't look cheap on I, I, have I, I'm, I have good. I have high hopes for it. I'm a Bendis fan. I have no problem saying that. Uh, also, yeah, that Daredevil footage, I, I can't, like, it looks like they're totally going with the, the Man Without Fear miniseries origin that, mm-hmm. that Frank Miller did in the 90s, which looks great. That's one well, of my they favorites. Revealed who Rosario Dawson was. Who's not? Uh, it, well, all that matters is she's not Electra. Like, she's not Electra. Though I still think there's half a chance that they're tricking you. Yes, you know, like, I think that so she too. Is Electra. Because who they said and like the sidekick to Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Well, it feels like a DC thing of just like, oh, well, not just DC, but like this guy's not con. I mean, obviously he's con, but it's not like <laughs> same with like. Marion Cotard is not playing Talia Al Ghul. She's new yeah. character. Like, nah, she was Talia Al Ghul. Like, I, I feel like it's one of those fake outs. Anyway, my quick answer to the question of the week is... Oh, my bad. Is, uh, no, I got sidetracked talking about Daredevil. But my, my quick answer is the, uh, the Statue of Liberty, just because that's where Spider-Man and the Human Torch meet up. Mm-hmm. Like, that's their meeting place. Like, mm-hmm. they say, the usual place. And then they meet up to talk. Like That's it's, true. It's really cool. It's really cool. So, what's your favorite New York City landmark or place that you've only heard about or you first heard about in comics? Yeah, DC fans need not apply. Uh, that should be the name of this podcast. <laughs> now, I tr- I've tried to be very open to DC fans this episode, guys. I was making a joke. So, the, yeah, get, get some comments on there. In the forums, uh, and now it's time for the plugs, Chris. Holy shit, this week is one of my favorite episodes of Laser Times I think we've ever done. It's it's the only one I think that was been re- was been specifically requested. It's called Little Tunes. If that doesn't reveal what it is, it's the diminutive, babyfied, or teenaged version of famous cartoon characters. I feel like we, we recorded it 500 years ago. It was... It, with it, Mr. Bob Mackie. Bob Mackie. He is definitely in the episode with us. He, I love the animation expertise he brings to that because he... Like, every t- if, without people like you and Bob in my life, I'm like, well, I'm the foremost expert. <laughs> Uh, and you guys know a lot more, and it's always great to talk to you guys about that. And That's, yeah, that, that, and also you know, commentary tracks. It's spooky hard time, guys. Yes, 80s Halloween pack. Pay us one cent to four ninety nine. You will get a commentary track for a Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, Freddy's Revenge, and Friday the Thirteenth Part Five, A New Beginning. Pay over the five dollar minimum. Boom, you got yourself Halloween Three: Season of the Witch. These are all what we call the oddball entries of otherwise mm-hmm. fantastic. Uh, horror. They're not bad, but they yeah. are the odd ones out. They used to be the least favorite, I think, for people, but now you can read different things into them. Yeah, they're all they're all worth watching mm-hmm. and worth watching alongside us. Yes, via yeah. these premium always worth tracks. worth watching with friends. They're really good. Uh, you should also listen to Cheap Popcast. There was a brand Cheap new podcast. one of those this week where oh. we talk about the end, of, the probable end of TNA. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there is VG Empire, where in the middle of Rocktober, talking about the Pokemon. And uh, then there's Video Game Apocalypse, the video game podcast every week on the Laser Time Network. Uh, we have a lot of fun here, guys, don't we? Oh, so much fun. All right, so once again, forums for the question week, all that stuff. And until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior.